when you say picture an addict, if there's a, a type of person that comes to your mind, we really need to just throw that out the window because mm. any one of us sitting here could be the picture of someone who is addicted to a substance or misusing a substance. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of The Bridge Podcast. I'm excited to be here this week with Mark Dickey from The Afternoon Show. Good afternoon. And I'm Andrew Jackson. I'm the director of marketing here at The Bridge. We are going to discuss women's addiction today, Mark. Hmm. Yeah, specifically concerning women in our community who have become addicted or might be wrestling with addiction right now. So it's a heavy topic, yeah. um, but we are joined by an expert guest who works with Delmarva Adult and Teen Challenge mm -hmm. at the Home of Hope for Women's Addiction, Shelly Spedden. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. It's great to see you again. You and I have some history. We used That's to right. work together, yeah. and um, it's. I'm glad that we get to do ministry together now. Yes. It's a whole other aspect, isn't it? It is. And it's... um. It's important work that you guys are doing at Delmarva Teen Challenge, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll get into that in just a minute. But I wanted to let everyone know that this entire podcast is sponsored by Boardwalk Plaza Hotel and Victoria's Restaurant. They're there in Rehoboth, right? Yeah, right on the boardwalk. Absolutely. It's a great time to head down there. You can experience the beach at its best at a time of the year when there is less crowds, mm -hmm. beautiful sunrises and sunsets. You can get Great staycation. It's awesome staycation. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner right there. You don't have to go anywhere. In fact, I'm wondering where I'm going after this. I might head <laughs> down there. <laughs> so you can check them out online. Visit boardwalkplaza.com for all the details. Now, Shelly, as I said, you work with Delmarva Adult and Teen Challenge Correct. at the Home of Hope. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us just a brief uh, bit about that? What is the Home of Hope? The Home of Hope is a uh, residential campus for women who are struggling with life-controlling addiction. Uh, it's where they can come and complete a 12-month program in recovery. And uh, the Home of Hope is for women who... Um, also could be pregnant or women with young mm. children so that mm. um, they don't have to be separated from their young children during this time of finding healing. Right. Wow, that would be a huge um, undertaking if you had to, I guess, find care for your child or mm -hmm. children. And um, you may have already severed some relationships. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. that would be a hard to turn. So this is a good resource where women can come. Now, is it just for women on the Eastern Shore? It, it, we we serve all of Delaware and Delmarva, but mm -hmm. we have women in our program from across the country. A mm. um, couple of reasons. One, there's so few resources, and especially so few resources um, like Home of Hope, where women can come um, either on their own or as a pregnant woman or women mm -hmm. with young children. Um, and then second is sometimes women or men struggling with addiction need to get out of town. They need right. to mm. um, get away from all of the distractions and the triggers potentially that led them mm -hmm. into addiction. So um, so sometimes it's best for women in our area that we um, help relocate them to a different uh, women's program. Okay. And sometimes we welcome women from other parts of the state or country for that reason. Now you mentioned triggers or influences that environment that people find themselves in that led to addiction. Um, specifically for women, what are some ways that women are becoming addicted to, you know, to life altering substances? What's well, you know, we have um, the opiate epidemic that's affecting everybody right now. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that can stem from misuse of a prescription. Um, but I think, uh, you know, and what 
part of the beauty of being here with you guys on the bridge podcast is that we can talk about the spiritual component. Mm -hmm. And that's really where we dig into as uh, an adult and teen challenge program is we understand that, um, yeah, we want to get people off of drugs. We want to get the drugs out of their system and get them clean and thinking properly, but that there's a a deeper issue there. The heart of the matter Mm -hmm. literally is the heart of the matter. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where we want to tap into because especially for women, there's usually shame Mm -hmm. that's connected to a trauma and, Mm -hmm. and that is either not dealt with or not dealt with in a healthy way that leads someone down a path, a destructive path, and that could end up in addiction. Hmm. Interesting. Now, how did you become involved with Delmarva Adult and Teen Challenge? So I became a donor. Okay. And then a volunteer mm-hmm. and then on staff. And I became a donor because God gave me a passion for the program. I mm. was at a church rally. Uh, our, our, we have a band and a rally team that goes to churches every Sunday um, to spread awareness of our programs for those who need help and to invite right. people to support our programs. And about 10 years ago, I was sitting at a church rally in a time of brokenness in my life mm. when you know someone that was very close to me was struggling with addiction and no mm. one knew. Oh my goodness! And right. um, because there was, there was, and still is, such a stigma surrounding addiction, mm-hmm. and specifically certain types of, of addictions, and so it touched me because here I was dealing with this personally in my life, and I literally saw hope in front of me. I saw mm. um, men on stage who had the physical effects. You could see their old lives on them. You can mm. see, you know, maybe aged skin mm-hmm. that drug use will do, missing teeth, not God glorifying tattoos, mm-hmm. but you could see this, the new man, you know, right. leading worship mm. with full abandon because wow. of the radical transformation that had taken place in their life. And I, so I saw that, that there's hope, there's yeah. hope there. And then fast forward a few years, I was um, at the same church with, uh, with another rally and there was an announcement that there was going to be a women's program, not mm. just a men's program, but a women's program that they were going to start Home of Hope. And the Lord spoke to me and he said that you're going to be a part of that. Wasn't sure what that meant. <laughs> and it was a few years for that to come to pass. Right. And the Lord kept revealing along the way. But I realized that through some of my own trauma mm-hmm. in my life and some of the brokenness that I had experienced and how I had wandered in that, that I could be in a place easily where I am struggling with a life controlling addiction because mm-hmm. of choices that I made. And I praise God that I'm not, mm-hmm. but that I have compassion to see that it's not those people. And it's not something mm-hmm. that someone necessarily wakes up and chooses, mm-hmm. that it's something that there is choice involved, but that small steps, lead but that to. there's underlying trauma and right. shame and that it's something that you know, when we try to self-medicate and it can lead, whether that's drugs and alcohol, Mm -hmm. uh, misuse of pills, shopping, eating, not eating, all of those things. So any, any life controlling issue, Mm. you know, that we can use in place of leaning into God for healing. Right. Hmm. You know, I'm reminded when you speak about the shame that follows addiction, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reminded a couple of years ago, I went to a rally in Washington, D.C. It was on the mall in D.C. It was called Face Addiction, the Face Addiction Rally. And they brought together, I don't know how many artists it was, but everybody from now, a lot of these bands we don't play, for instance, Sheryl Crow, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And The Fray and um, all these rock bands and 
rock artists and like um, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Walsh, who was like a huge rock performer. Mm-hmm. Many of these people either struggled with addiction or knew someone mm-hmm. in their band or on their tours that struggled with addiction or even died mm-hmm. due to addiction. Mm-hmm. And so they came together in this huge rally that was completely free. It was this huge rock concert on the mall in DC in order to point out that one of the big things that you have to do when you're helping people struggle through addiction and, and rescue them is to eliminate the shame, mm-hmm. get rid of the shame mm-hmm. because that's a big hurdle mm-hmm. for people seeking treatment. Yes. And uh, it, w- it was really cool because we were right there. You know, they could hear us in the White House and they could hear that people were fed up with the way that treatments were being handled and um, the way that it was being approached. So mm-hmm. it was it was a great rally. I really enjoyed going and, and standing there, you know, f- in that place to s- make a statement about addiction. Right. Because in the spiritual context, shame is in darkness. Right. And exactly. that's where the enemy works. And yep. that when we can bring something out of the darkness into the light of Christ, mm. that's where um, chains can be broken. And Absolutely. that's where the power of shame is removed. And so it's important, not just for the person struggling with addiction to be able to have a safe place to share and not feel right. condemned, but for, for the loved ones of that person, if, if that's it's right. a son or daughter, that, that we can go to each other, especially in the church and say, cause it's in the church yes, it's in yep. the church um, and say, you know, that I have a son or a daughter who's struggling and that we can rally around each other and that we can help support the family and help the, the person, whether it's a young person or That's right. an older person. I mean, we have, we have grandparents in our program. So, mm. um, to, to help them get the resources and the help that they need. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what would you say if, if someone was kind of starting, you, you know, you saw someone in your family or someone you worked with, it seemed like they were, they were a little off, like maybe something was going on. Um, how do you open it up to bring that, that shame into the light? Like, where do you even start with that? I think just being sensitive and, you know, trying to, um, we check in with people, you mm-hmm. know, and how are you doing? And it seems like you maybe struggling in this area and, um, just being open and, and consistent Mm -hmm. and letting whoever that person is that you think might be struggling, know that you are, you're there for them and not to condemn them, but to help and be a resource and that there's no judgment there. Mm -hmm. That's really hard to do. It's really hard to do because it's easy to judge somebody. There is some choice involved in, in addiction, it starts with a choice, and then there's a um, a true physical addiction that happens, mm-hmm. and then it becomes compelling. Compelling, yeah. yes. So, mm-hmm. so it's hard to step out of of that place, and to really, we have to be intentional to really make sure that we're coming across filled with the grace and the love and the mercy of God. That that because that's what draws people near, mm-hmm. right? I heard someone sharing one time at a at a church service talking about our tendency in America right now to get people to side with our views is to protest right mm. to shout and protest and how whoever went somewhere and saw someone shouting and protesting and thought you know what they're right i'm going <laughs> to go i'm going to get in with that yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no that is not i mean not that there's not a place for passionate you know protesting Protest. or whatever mm. but like but for relationship, God's so relational, and for relationship, that is not what draw people's 
what draws people in or near. It is the love of Christ, the grace and mercy, all, all of that, all of the aspects of that pouring through us. Mm-hmm. It's not our love. Our love is imperfect. Our love does judge and condemn and it mm-hmm. gets all complex, but God's love is perfect. And when we are filled, he, he fills us with his love through the emptying ourselves and the filling of the Holy Spirit. And when we can be intentional that our, we ourselves are coming from that place, that his love can draw people in and draw people near. And then they, they're um, compelled to that. And that's where true healing can take place. We can be facilitators. We're called to be ministers of reconciliation. That's for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that also helps with someone who's in addiction. They need to be reconciled to God and then reconciled to the body of Christ, to their Mm -hmm. family, to their friends. And um, we get to be a part of that. Mm. So, It is exciting ministry. You're right on the front lines. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're seeing things every day that I'm sure people only hear about. What would you say for for a woman who is wrapped up in addiction mm-hmm. or um, wants to escape addiction? What are some of the biggest impacts that you've seen on individuals or their families or or in their community even? Mm-hmm. What are some some things that you've seen you know that that can kind of demonstrate what a significant damaging impact drugs can have on someone's life? Complete devastation. Mm. You know, it starts with lying, usually mm. lying and mm. hiding things. And, you know, the, we talked about the shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it goes to what what does lying do? It breaks relationships. Mm. Um, usually there's stealing involved um, to support the addiction because it depletes everything. I mean, broken families, mm-hmm. broken homes, uh, broken relationships between the person who's addicted and their parents, their spouse, their children. It leads to um, loss of jobs, mm. loss of homes, um, living on the street, mm. you know, eating out of homelessness, eating out of trash cans, right. sleeping mm-hmm. in abandoned houses. It leads to prostitution, mm-hmm. you know, abuse, abusive relationships. I mean, it, it just starts and it just spirals and spirals mm. and spirals till it steals everything. There's a wonderful book written by Stacey Eldridge called Captivating. I recommend it for um, not only women, but for men as well. And it's understanding how specifically God created the woman. And it's a kind of the companion book to John Eldridge's Wild at Heart for men, oh, right? Sure. Okay, uh, so there's Wild at Heart. Yeah, see, now we're talking. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, I forgot I'm sitting here with you guys. <laughs> so there's that. And then the, yeah. there's also a book for women that yeah. um, I recommend that, that men read, that you pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband and I read it together when we were dating. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like, you know, we would read a chapter a week. And when we were on our phone calls, we would talk about it. And it really yeah. gave us really great conversation and gave him insight into how God created me as a woman. And then, you know, mm-hmm. with Wild at Heart, me as how God created him as a man and awesome. how we complement each other. And and so I say that because there, this book states, um, Stacey Eldridge and John Eldridge state that they believe that there's three main components in how God created women specifically, and that is to be romanced or in, a, in, in relationship, in deep relationship, to be a part of a, a great adventure, mm-hmm. and to unveil beauty. Mm-hmm. And that that those attributes of God himself that he placed in women and, and deep in a woman's heart, mm-hmm. and that that's how women um, reveal 
you know, Christ's God's character to the world exactly. in those three mm-hmm. ways. Mm. And then that there is a, that after everything was created, all of this beautiful earth that we live in, you know, and then God created man himself, that it wasn't complete. Mm-hmm. And then he created woman as the crown of creation and called it, you know, then it was done and it was good. And, um, and that we are, that women are life givers um, mm. and that we are, to support, you know, men, the man, and that there's this beauty aspect and that's so important. And in this book, it talks about how with Satan's fall because Mm -hmm. of pride and because of, you know, beauty, that there's a special target on women because ultimately he wants to, um, he feels threatened. He feels threatened by the life-giving capacity of women and the beauty right. of women and that we see throughout history that while all of the world has been broken and we see the effect of the fall, that there's been a special target on women. Mm. And that when we understand that trauma that happens, I mean, the the percentage of women, you know, that deal with some sort of abuse in childhood is astronomically high Mm. and you talk to women who are either in our program or other programs and Mm -hmm. and almost everyone has a story that starts with you know i was abused at Mm. this point or i was in this abusive relationship or this happened something happened and then their course gets set aside and if if we can understand that and we can understand that our femininity at its core Mm -hmm. is under is under attack Mm -hmm. but there's one who is greater, who loves us and who fights for us and is capable and willing and wants to come in and heal those places and will if we invite him rather than going down a, pla- a place of our own of isolation and, and hiding in the shame. If we can open up, we can understand about ourselves, understand, have some self-reflection and lean into the Lord and mm-hmm. invite him in and vulnerability to all of those places that freedom is possible, healing is possible, and we do not have to stay in this cycle of shame and destruction. Awesome. Mm. <laughs> That's really good. That's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm but sorry you, to no, you're fine. a lot. <laughs> you're fine. No, it's, it's good. And someone needs to hear that. Someone who I think has been under attack, um, either she knowingly or un- unknowingly, you know, her femininity, like you said, has been attacked. Um, because that can destroy homes and, you know, families. And then that has generational impact as well, doesn't it? Mm -hmm, It does. So then what about, what about when you see a friend or a family member? Um, maybe, maybe you don't see it. Maybe that's the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Out of their shame, things are hidden. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe there are signs, but you're not aware of them yet Mm -hmm. for the person who is, getting ready to be blindsided by someone that they know and love revealing that they're in addiction what are some signs that they can look for what are some things that might reveal that their friend or their family member needs help yeah so that the first and foremost is a line a uh, changing character mm-hmm. um, someone who was always a certain way now is not always that way, you know, hmm. always has their things together now things are slipping always mm. is on time now is late. I mean, that seems like simple things, but if mm-hmm. someone's characteristically been a certain way and then you start to see changes, um, but a, a line is always there. You had mentioned stealing earlier mm-hmm. um, to feed the the, the addiction. Mm-hmm. You need 
finances that right. come from somewhere. Yeah. Stealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard that before. What are some things, signs that you might notice? What are some things that might go missing? I mean, if I come home and the TV is gone, I've got questions. Right, obviously. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> there are more subtle uh, uh-huh. uh, ways that you can feed the addiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if first and foremost, if someone is misusing um, prescriptions, I mean, you need to check mm. if you have prescriptions in your home. That. I mean, that could be one way that someone's feeding their addiction just by stealing the actual medication. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's, that was super eye-opening to me. I, years ago, had my wisdom teeth removed, mm-hmm. and they gave me some really good painkillers, mm-hmm. and I just hung on to them. I didn't, I didn't need the whole prescription, and I hung on to them for like five years, and uh, that was dumb. (laughs) So my, my wife just had a baby. And so like, as soon as I was asking her every day, like, Hey, do you think you need your pills today? Like, do you think you need them? And trying to like, okay, you're done with them. Okay. I'm going to hang on to them. And like two days later, when we knew she wasn't in pain anymore, we, we flushed them, got rid of them completely Mm -hmm. and made sure they weren't in the house whatsoever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was really smart to do because the especially prescription opiates and painkillers, and it's mm. so highly addictive yeah. that um, someone not ever intending to go down that path, all of a sudden there's a chemical response in the body. And it's like it, it, it starts, even if we don't know that we're um, carrying pain, all of a sudden, oh, I feel different. I feel better. And then the body craves that on different levels mm-hmm. and um it's just really wise and i would encourage everybody to do that never think we should never think that couldn't happen to me or that couldn't happen right. to us or right. to our family about anything well and that's um, why the opiates work isn't it because mm-hmm. they're they were constructed they were built uh, chemically to treat pain mm-hmm. and so then they can be abused like anything else mm-hmm. but if your body if they were built to work with your body and then mm-hmm. you feed too much of it to your body and your body gets addicted to it, mm-hmm. then the body is going to start saying, that's where I get my source of, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be. And now you've, your, your body is just as susceptible as my body, as anyone mm-hmm. else's body. We're not above it just because we have a stronger willpower or something like that. Right. It's a physical thing. Yeah, it is. And with, um, I mean, scripture tells us, right, to guard our hearts, mm-hmm. where there's so many warnings in scripture for believers to be on guard with all kinds of things, not just with what we're putting in our body, but what we're seeing, what we're hearing, situations we're putting ourselves into, mm-hmm. um, that we should be guarded. And so that's the same with with medications, with um, things that could be misused. What's a good way, once you start to see some of these warning signs or danger signs, what's a good way to approach your friend or family member or your coworker so that it doesn't drive them, you know, back deeper into shame or so that it doesn't, you know, immediately destroy that relationship, but you have a chance to help. What are some good ways to approach them or to help them to assist them in finding help? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We should always approach them with um, a gentle spirit, um, with truth in love. Mm -hmm. Truth without love is harsh and love without truth is just a big marshmallow, right? (laughs) And so, you know, we want to make sure that we're not condemning, but that their self care is is our priority. Mm -hmm. And also having another person there um, is sometimes helpful. I mean, 
you know, we've heard about interventions and everything mm-hmm. and they, there is a place and a time for them. And we need, you, you need to know, you need to have a foundation of relationship with the person. Um, and so if you aren't the person that has that, if you're kind of just a friend, mm-hmm. you need to have someone who has a strong trust relationship with that person so that they can receive what you're sharing with them. And sometimes, unfortunately, with what the work that we do, it gets to the point of tough love. Mm. It gets to the point Mm. where we have to stop enabling someone and really say, um, if you know for sure that there's addiction going on, that we say, we call it out. Mm -hmm. And we say, know that this is happening and you need to get some help and we're not gonna be a part of this in whatever way that maybe you might be facilitating that behavior to continue. Right. So, so, um, so you say tough love at what point, you know, the opiates are one thing, but well, let's say it's a illegal drug. Um, at what point do I, do I call the police or do I call a, a, a rehab center or do, do they have to call? Like what, how do you take it from a conversation in your home to something more than that? Well, if someone's life is at stake or something illegal is happening, I mean, I feel like we have a responsibility to do what's right in that case. Um, if if someone is, is selling drugs or, you know, that is using hard drugs and uh, street drugs that, you know, we need to make the proper authorities aware of criminal activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to get the person the help that they need to detox and to get into a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Um this is not black and white, this subject. Mm. This mm. is all kinds of gray and all varying shades. Everyone is different. But ultimately, there, there are resources or are professionals that can help through this process if someone um, is struggling and either how to help themselves or how to help a loved one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at, at, right here in Delaware, DeMarva Adult and Teen Challenge, we have the men's program and the women's program. And we have, you know, very qualified professionals at each center that can help somebody, even if it's ultimately uh, if they end up going to a different program and not ours, mm-hmm. um, we can help guide them through the process. Good. Mm-hmm. It is very complex, this subject, mm-hmm. and and it is a, um, there really is truly anything. Right now, we're, we're struggling as a, a nation and a region with the opiate epidemic, mm-hmm. how vicious it is, because not only are we talking about the chance of lifelong addiction happening, but with um, the fentanyl that's on the streets, mm-hmm. I mean, one, one time yeah. someone can be gone from this earth from an overdose Mm. and so it's just very serious and with statistics especially surrounding women um, women uh, scientifically have been proven to have to get addicted quicker than men Mm. that it affects them in a stronger way women because of the responsibilities that women carry not Mm -hmm. that men don't but just the the varied responsibilities that um, it's harder for women to get into um, a program or to even ask for help and that if we are there is any stigma involved when someone when you say picture an addict if there's a, a type of person that comes to your mind, we really need to just throw that out the window because mm. any one of us sitting here could be the picture of someone who is addicted to a substance or misusing a substance mm. um, at, at Home of Hope. For a while before we opened, we had a social media pre- presence to get the word out. And I would get um, 
Facebook messages from from young women who um, look like they could be like my little sister, um, you know, that just crying out for help, saying, when are you opening? Um, My son deserves um, a better mom. And a lot Mm. of times they're struggling with with this addiction secretly, whether it's drugs or alcohol, and it really can affect any one of us. And that we just keep having these conversations like this. I'm so glad that this podcast is happening because we need to keep having these conversations. We need to remove the stigma surrounding addiction. Mm -hmm. We need to make it okay, especially, especially in the church environment for people to be able to open up and share and get the help that they need, that we um, stop enabling and that we start encouraging and helping and offering resources and that we cover truth and love and that we understand that this is a underlying a, a deep, usually a trauma issue. And that we have compassion with for people, that we don't lose the compassion that people need. Shelly, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Mm-hmm. It was so good to have you on as a guest to share about Delmarva Adult and Teen Challenge mm-hmm. and all of the problems facing women who face addiction. Mm-hmm. So listen, if you found this podcast episode helpful, please share it with a friend. Be sure to download the Bridge mobile app to get the latest podcast episodes and provide feedback or suggest show topics when you email podcast at 887thebridge.com. You can get complete show notes on this episode from our website, 887thebridge.com.